of God and fathers of faith, are you prepared to shoot straight? Listen to Adrian Rogers. Dads are to be mighty warriors, and children are to be arrows in the hand of the Father. When dads learn to shoot straight, the kids are going to hit the mark. You see, an arrow is no more effective than the warrior who shoots it. And the bow is not much better than the man that holds that bow in his hand. Now, with that as a background, we're going to talk about uh, dads who shoot straight and kids who hit the mark. Welcome to Love Worth Finding, featuring the timeless teaching of acclaimed pastor and Bible teacher, Adrian Rogers. As we just heard, the Bible says fathers are to be like warriors and their children are like arrows to be shot at the enemy. God has given us children that they might go where we cannot go. What they need more than anything else is a dad who shoots straight and sends them off to live a noble, godly life, which is like an arrow sailing toward the enemy. If you have your Bible, turn now to Psalm 127 as Adrian Rogers shares more about dads who shoot straight. Be finding the book of Psalms, please, and open your Bibles uh, to Psalm 127. And as you're finding it, may I tell you what you probably already know, that Satan has unleashed an all-out war on the family. When I say the family, I'm talking about the institution of families, and I'm talking about your family specifically. Now, if you don't believe that there's a war on the family, I want you to listen to what Gloria Steinem has said. Do you know who Gloria Steinem is, a former Playboy bunny who is one of the chief spokespersons for the feminist movement? She is recognized by uh, feminists as being a leader. I want you to listen to what she said, and I'm going to give you a quotation. Quote, marriage has existed for the benefit of men and is a legalized, sanctioned control of women. The end of the institution of marriage is a necessary condition for the liberation of women. She says, let's just do away with marriage. And then she goes on to say, it is important for us to encourage women to leave their husbands. We must work to destroy marriage. The nuclear family must be replaced with a new form of family where individuals live together to meet the needs of all people. There must come a new way of looking at children. Children must be seen as the entire responsibility of the entire society rather than their parents. Just another way of saying it takes a village. Just another way of saying that uh, marriage as we know it is obsolete. Now, that would be laughable. And no one would pay any attention to that except to say that this particular woman has a large following. And there are many who see her as the patron saint of a new movement in our world. Now, of course, that's a very frontal attack. Most of the attack on the family is more subtle. For example, uh, the sitcoms of today, what do they do? They satirize or ridicule of the nuclear family. They mock marriage and devoted fathers and mothers are looked upon somehow as dinosaurs and, and the father in these sitcoms is a bumbling, fumbling, stumbling buffoon. <laughs> and uh, that, uh, Dads are mocked and ridiculed or if it is a serious film, 
The father is seen as cruel, vindictive, overbearing, and if he is a religious man, look out. He is one who has uh, twisted and perverted and cruel ways. And then, on top of that, there are many who would not fall into either of these two categories, but have never found, never found God's plan. J. Paul Getty. Is that name familiar to you? J. Paul Getty was one in his day, one of the richest men on the face of the earth. As a matter of fact, when a billion dollars was worth more than a billion dollars is today, he had a net worth that exceeded four billion dollars. Now, if you have a net worth of more than four billion dollars, most of the people of this world would say that you are a success. And yet, he wrote his autobiography, and uh, it was recorded in Los Angeles Times in uh, 1981. I want you to see what this man said. This is J. Paul Getty. He said, and I quote, now here's a man, here's a man with more than four billion, four billion, not million, billion, B as in baby, four billion dollars. He said, and I quote, I've never been given to envy, save or accept for the envy I feel toward those people who have the ability to make a marriage work and endure happily. It's an art I have never been able to master. My record, five marriages, five divorces, in short, five failures. And then the article continues. He termed the memories of his relationships with his five sons as painful. Much of this pain has been passed on with his money. His most treasured offspring, Timothy, a frail child born when Getty was 53, died in 1958 at the age of 12 of surgical complications after a sickly life spent mostly separated from his father who was forever away on business. Other members of the Getty family also suffered from tragic circumstances. A grandson, J. Paul Getty III, was kidnapped and held for a ransom of $2.9 million. When Getty refused to pay, they held the boy for five months and eventually cut off his right ear. Getty's oldest son apparently committed suicide among strange circumstances. Another son, Gordon Paul Getty, has been described as living a tortured existence. He was ridiculed in correspondence by his father and was the least favorite son. Similar sorrow has followed other members of this unfortunate family. Here's a man that the world would call a success, and yet he himself confessed, I have been an abject failure in the things that really matter. I just mentioned all three of these illustrations to show you that uh, the devil has done a good job on families. And uh, when we're talking about families today, I cannot, I cannot overestimate the importance of fathers. I heard a song. I don't know who wrote the song. I really don't know the title of the song, and I'm not sure I have the phrase just right. But here's what I remember. The man is singing to God, and here's what he's saying. God, I want to be just like you because he, talking about his son, wants to be just like me. 
There's a tremendous amount of truth in that. Now let's look in God's Word, Psalm 127, and see what God says about all of this. He says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. You know, J. Paul Getty said, I've never been able to master that art. Of course not. (laughs) No matter how much he tries, without God it cannot be done. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. Four billion dollars. And you know what it was? The bread of sorrow. The bread of sorrow. For he giveth his beloved sleep. And then he says this, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them, They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Now, what he is saying is this, that children are like arrows and dads are like archers. Dads are to be mighty warriors and children are to be arrows in the hand of the father. And the implication of this psalm is that when dads learn to shoot straight, the kids are going to hit the mark. When dads learn to shoot straight, The kids are going to hit the mark. You see, an arrow is no more effective than the warrior who shoots it. And the bow is not much better than the man that holds that bow in his hand. Now, with that as a background, we're going to talk about uh, dads who shoot straight and kids who hit the mark. Now, three things I would have you to learn today as we look into this passage of Scripture. Number one, if you would have... A successful family and good kids, the archer must be strong. The archer must be strong. Notice what it says, as arrows are in the hand of a what? A mighty man. Now, when I was in the university, I took a course in teaching individual sports and I was initiated to the sport of archery. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. (laughs) There's more than casually picking up a bow and an arrow. Uh, I I learned that no matter how fine the arrow and how strong the bow, it takes an incredible amount of skill. There must be a good aim. There must be a full draw. And there's got to be a smooth release to make that arrow go where you want it to be. Uh, Needless to say, it takes skill. It takes practice. It takes determination. The same is true to be a good dad. Uh, the same is true of fatherhood. Now, now, folks, I want to tell you, to be a good man is difficult. To be a good husband is more difficult. But to be a good father is the most difficult of all. Did you know that? It really is. It is difficult to be. Now, when the arrow misses its target, there may be many reasons. Indeed, there may be some bad arrows. Indeed, There may be some moving targets. Indeed, there may be some unforeseen wind that blows the arrow away from the target. Now, because of this, this does not diminish the warrior's responsibility. It really only increases it that we might, with with, with skill, uh, point those arrows. God has given us these children like arrows. What is my responsibility as a dad? My responsibility is to shape, to sharpen, and to shoot those arrows at the enemy. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of one's youth. Now, do you know what my goal in life is, you say, to be a good pastor? 
Well, I want to be a good pastor. To be a good preacher, I hope I can be a good preacher. But my highest ambition, and God is listening, is not to be primarily a good pastor or a good preacher. It is to be a good husband and a good father. And I, I don't mind telling you, if I had to choose between you and my family, I'd choose my family. I would. That doesn't mean that I don't love the church. You'll have a better pastor if I love my family as I ought to love my family. And the matter of fact, the Bible says that uh, if a man doesn't practice it at home, he ought not to export it. First of all, a, a pastor ought to be one who has his family uh, under uh, the tutelage and the, the spiritual leadership uh, of himself. So here's the first point. Now listen very carefully. The, the archer must be strong. The archer must be strong as arrows are in the hand of a mighty Man. Now, we're not talking about physical strength here uh, because some of us could not qualify. But we're talking about spiritual strength and any can qualify because he's talking now in spiritual terms. Now, here's the second thing. Not only must the archer be strong, the arrows must be straight. That's the second point. The arrow must be straight. Now, children, listen, children are not born straight arrows. Sticks are not arrows. Twigs are not arrows. Children are not by nature arrows. They have to be made into arrows. And you cannot shoot straight with crooked arrows. And so what is your job as a dad? It is shaping, it is sharpening, and it is shooting the arrows that God has put in your hands. And that is, I suppose, among life's most difficult tasks. And that's the reason we have so many dropout dads. Uh, the problem in society is not primarily juvenile delinquency, but it is uh, the delinquency of dads. Drop out dads who fail to do and be what they ought to be. Put these verses down in your margin, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. The word nurture literally means the discipline. And the admonition means the teaching of the Lord. Again, put this verse down, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 21. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Do you know what the challenge of any man is? And one of the prime marks of, of, of success of any man? It's not how much money he can accumulate, but whether or not his kids are spiritually sharp and emotionally straight. Are his kids spiritually sharp, and are they emotionally straight? An arrow has to be straight, and it has to be sharp. Now, notice what it says, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man. There's a time, dads, when the arrows are in your hand, and there will come a time when they will be out of your hand. Now, when the arrow is in your hand, you have a responsibility. So many of us want to give that responsibility over to professionals today, uh, somebody else can handle the job for us, we feel. Someone has written these words, and I want you to listen to them because they're very pertinent. No longer does he need to sit in your big easy chair and listen while you read Jack and the Beanstalk. Now there is a professional storyteller called television. It doesn't doze off or become impatient. You can work those few extra hours in the office, earning a little more money so your children can have a bigger television. You can now put him in the hands of a professional educator 
who will have him from 8 a.m. in the morning till 3 p.m., five days a week. He can tell him about the birds and the bees, and he will get his sex education there. You will have more time to accumulate things. You can work a few more hours and pay a professional to mow the lawn and to wash your car. Your child will not have to learn discipline and responsibility. A professional can teach him how to play baseball. And you won't have to stand with him in the driveway at dusk and show him how to hold a bat or to throw a curveball. No. If you work a few extra hours, you can buy him a real hardwood bat. A professional can teach him how to swim, so you won't have to waste your weekends at the beach or lake. And with your extra money, you can be on the golf course. You may even provide him with a swimming pool to swim in at home or at the club. And when he gets into high school, you will be able to afford a professional guidance counselor who will give him ideas about his future. Your extra money will pay for that. A professional can teach him how to drive, and with your extra money, you can buy him a new car. No need for you to get your hands greasy side by side in the garage while you teach him how to clean the plugs and change the oil filter. Friend, everything in us tells us there's something wrong with that. Amen? Kids need dads, and there's no way that you can pay somebody else to do what God wants you to do. Now, how do you shape and sharpen arrows? Number one, begin early. When you have a twig, then you can begin to shape it when it's soft and pliable. That's the reason the Bible says in Proverbs 22 and verse 6, train up a, a what? A child. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Little children can be shaped and molded so very easily. You want me to tell you why? Number one, the curiosity factor is very, very high. Why, Daddy? Why? Why, Daddy? Why? Friend, that's a teaching moment. Don't say, stop asking why. Say, keep asking why. And answer those questions, the little ones and the big ones. The memory factor is great. Don't tell me that little children can't memorize. Friend, by the time they're two, they've learned a foreign language. Think about it. The trust factor is at the highest point. Little children trust. That's the reason the Bible says that adults have to become like little children and enter into the kingdom of heaven. The humility factor is at an all-time high. Little children are not too proud to learn. They can take advice. And they have an innate ability to believe. That's the reason why you must start soon. Tomorrow, that child will not be asking why. And that schoolboy will not need help with his lessons. So number one, start early. Number two, be creative. I can't stress this enough. When God told the Jews how to train their children, and, and by and large, the Jews have done a great job at this. He told them in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, not just in your head, but in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them. I love that. Just underscore that. Shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Do you see it? It's in your heart, and it's just bubbling out. And there are all kinds of ways to teach. 
Don't ram it down their throat like cod liver oil. Family worship doesn't have to be an ordeal. Most of your teaching is not going to be done in family worship. It's going to be done when you rise up, when you lie down, when you go out, when you come in, as you walk, as you talk. You're going to be sharing the Lord. Number three, work to build character. Work to build character. Do you know what most dads are working on? Sports, grades, health, popularity, management, but not character. Not character. What is character? Character is integrity. Let me give, I, I want to just, I'm just going to rattle off some words. But I want you to be asking yourself this question as I rattle off these words. Who is teaching these things to my son, to my daughter? Are you ready? Contentment, courage, courtesy, discernment, fairness, friendliness, generosity, gentleness, helpfulness, honesty, humility, Kindness, obedience, orderliness, patience, persistence, self-control, tactfulness, thankfulness, thriftiness, wisdom, zeal. Where are they going to get that? You think they're going to get it at school? No. Dad, you got to build character. When you compliment your kids, compliment them for character qualities, not just for the home run, not just for the good grades, not just for how many uh, pounds they can curl when they're in the, in the gymnasium, but compliment them for these character qualities. Number four, learn to set some limits on your child. Set some limits. Let me give you a verse here. God told a man named Samuel who was a great man that God would uh, judge him. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. He restrained them not. That is, he did not set some limits. You say, well, I don't want to set limits on my child. God had two children, put them in the Garden of Eden, and God set some limits upon them. Do you know that if you don't set limits on your children, it's a sign that you have rejected them? No limitation implies to a child rejection. And if you don't conquer them, they will allow somebody else to conquer them. When you set limits, and don't just have a lot of little small rules, but have some great principles and adhere to them, because that child will push against those. He'll push, and he'll push. That's in a child's nature. And if he, when he pushes, it gives. He will have no confidence. He'll have no security, none whatsoever. Every child needs some limits. And coming up tomorrow, we'll hear part two of this vital message. But in the meantime, we'd love to hear how this ministry and the messages of Pastor Rogers have inspired you in your faith journey. If you can, go to our website and submit your own testimony or read others who've shared their stories with us. We often select these stories to be shared throughout our Love Worth Finding community, and we'll always protect your privacy if that's what you desire. So let us hear from you today. Go to lwf.org slash story. Now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message in its entirety, you can call 1-877-LOVE-GOD. Mention the title, Dads Who Shoot Straight. You can also order online at lwf.org radio. 
or write us at Love Worth Finding, Box 38600, Memphis, Tennessee, 38183. We're so glad that you've taken time to study in God's Word with us. If you'd like to partner with us in sharing these timeless messages, consider becoming an ambassador of the Word. Learn more at lwf.org slash radio. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Dads Who Shoot Straight, right here on Love Worth Finding. We love reading this note from a dad who said this, I have three elementary age boys and I've introduced them to Adrian Rogers' messages. It's been a blessing to hear their reactions to his stories, as well as the biblical truths shared that truly are timeless. Thank you again for your service to the Lord. All glory to God. Well, at Love Worth Finding, our mission is to draw people to Jesus and to help believers grow deeper in their faith. We do that by airing these messages and creating new tools and resources based on Pastor Roger's teaching. And to thank you for your gift this month, we'd love to send you our new Future for the Family Bible Study. The cultural idea of family has changed dramatically just in the last several years. Is God's design for the family still relevant today? Request this resource, the Future for the Family Bible Study, when you call with a gift at 1-877-LOVE-GOD. And thanks for your generous support of Love Worth Finding.